Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by the curated closet by Anushka Reese, and you know what that means. It's time for another By the Book mini-episode. That's right. It's time for another By the Book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of Living by the Curated Closet by Anoushka Reese. Our Facebook and email have been blowing up this week. You guys had a lot to say about the Curated Closet and personal style, so let's dive right into some questions we got. Oh, we got so many questions on a wide variety of topics. Uh, Shane, for example, wrote in about when your style and your body don't quite seem to match. Shane writes... I am wondering if the book talks at all about what to do when the style you aspire to doesn't necessarily match your body type. I love the granola outdoorsy look, but I'm all curves, and a lot of the outdoor brands don't even make clothes in my size. Plus, their boxy style is unflattering to my size and figure type. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. A lot of the manufacturers of different clothing lines don't make clothes for the wide varieties of bodies that we have. Right. You know, they're going to fit it for your largest part and that's it. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, you have big shoulders, so we're going to make it. Like a box, the, the width of your shoulder. Exactly, exactly. It, yeah, that's 
very, very frustrating. I do. I do have to say in the book, Anushka talks a lot about how, you know, do not worry about like for this body type, never wear that. Like if you like it and you feel confident in it, you will look good, even if it's not like, you know, the right type of vertical stripe to like make your like thigh look thin. Mm-hmm. You know, don't pay attention to if you're a pear shape or a V or, you know, and what corresponding clothes work with that. Just wear what you feel cool in. Yeah. So if it's functional for your hikes, that's all that matters. And one other thing she also says is don't be afraid to go in and get your clothes altered. Mm-hmm. You know what? Buy the clothes that fit your shoulders or your hips or what have you. Take and it then in. have that waist taken in if you want to. Learn go how ahead. to take it in yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Jolenta did. She took in her trousers at the waist. So don't be afraid to get things altered either. And then, you know, sometimes the big mainstream shops are going to be, you know, looking to fit the mainstream people. Maybe go to a specialty shop also. Consider something that's more targeted toward women, for example. And just because you like outdoorsy stuff doesn't mean you have to stick to, like, the outdoorsy brands. Like, there are things that will match your aesthetic that aren't necessarily, you know, found at REI. Yeah. Like, Eddie Bauer and L.L. Bean makes some, like, pretty cool-looking, you know, khaki skirts with fun pockets that are very outdoorsy, in my opinion, but wouldn't be found at... REI or something. Yeah, sometimes you'll be surprised. Just going to Target, you might find something that's going to fit you better than that fancy brand name outdoor stores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Heather had a question about her body versus her clothes as well. She says, how does one alter one's mindset about one's wardrobe? I've dropped 15 pounds in the last six months, but everything I own still drapes my body as if I'm still carrying the extra weight. I keep buying the same tunics and A-line dresses. Oof. Girl, I have a similar problem. I've lost some weight just a little bit, like a few months ago or over the past few months. And I've been experimenting with wearing some of the things I have in different ways. Like now I'll tie a, a shirt off, you know, at my waistline and I'll have like a fun little knot or I will alter things or I will cut some like jeans that used to be skinny jeans into baggy cutoffs now like I like to mess with my clothes and then as far as you know sort of branching out and buying different shapes I would say just like go try a bunch of stuff you would normally never touch yeah and just see how that looks don't you don't have to buy it or anything but just get a sense of like what other shapes look what does a crop top look like on you like what does a bodysuit look like on you you know just go try on things that you would normally label off limits and just see what you feel good in yeah and another thing here i mean i think a lot of us have this issue where what we're used to our bodies being and then if our body goes through a change whether it's um being pregnant and giving birth or Mm, whether it's aging or whether it's gaining weight or losing weight sometimes what in our minds we think we are versus what our bodies actually are that's a whole other level of stuff that's not just about clothes but just reminding yourself that it's okay that your body has changed and it's okay to feel complicated feelings about that and it's okay to go through a little bit of a process where maybe there are going to be a few weeks or months where you're not buying the right clothes for your body and it's okay to just go through all those processes and be at peace with what your body is and Mm -hmm. Heather Jolenta and Cameron and I think that you're beautiful and that your body is terrific and just be at peace with that yeah try to be at peace with it be at peace with it and challenge your your rules about clothes more than like your body yes it's not nothing's wrong with your body sometimes things are wrong with clothes but nothing's wrong with your body yes Uh, 
Here's a great question we got from Casey about where she lives versus how she wants to dress. She says, I find my style gravitating towards a little trendier and put-together looks, and I'd love to wear dresses more, but I live in a fairly rural area and very blue-collar area. I always feel overdressed, and I end up dressing up less than I want to so I can avoid all the annoying comments about being so fancy. And I'm talking colored jeans and a blouse, not like I'm rocking a ball gown to the pub. (laughs) I feel like my style would fit in just fine in a bigger city, but alas, here I am. Do I just learn to rock the attention? Ooh. My mom has a rule, which is it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. Oh, that's one of my rules, too. And it's not a rule for everybody. No, it's just you if you also like you. dressing up, which my mother really does. Yeah. And I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of getting at one of the things that the book is trying to touch on, mm-hmm. getting to know yourself better. Yeah. So if you know yourself well as somebody who doesn't like attention, you need to work with that. If you're somebody who doesn't mind some attention and just likes being fabulous, be at peace with that and say, hey, I am the person who is going to be dressed maybe a notch above. And what I like about being overdressed versus underdressed is it feels like I am the party no matter what. Yeah. And I like being the party. And not everybody wants to be the party, though. Right. And also, the attention might actually go away eventually. If they're used to seeing you over the course of many weeks or months, like, oh, she's the one who wears colored jeans. Eventually, people just will be like, that's the way she is. You know Casey. Casey just wears those colored jeans. Oh, Casey. She dresses so big city. Yes. And Caitlin emailed us this question that echoes what a lot of listeners are feeling. She says, did you find that you had a hard time narrowing and defining your style? And if so, how did you manage it? I'm the type of person whose closet has Lily Pulitzer and feminine polka dot cardigans right next to mesh and Steven Tyler pants and leather. And then next to that, caftans and plunging 70s necklines. And some days I'm all about flannel and beanies and fun graphic tees. My style is all over the place and I have no idea who the quote real me is. I'm a nine to five marketing professional, but in a casual office, a coffee shop haunt freelance copy editor, and I moonlight as a film critic and I find myself in the hip after hours scene quite often. Help. Yeah, we got this question a lot. And I have I have lots of thoughts. My first thought was I felt the same way before I made my sort of style inspo Pinterest board. Which, by the way, looks great. If you haven't already seen it on Instagram, yes, go thank you. to thank the you. Buy the Book Pod Instagram. And, you know, if I looked at my closet, I probably would have felt a little more lost. But if you actually just look at the things that really vibe with your aesthetic and put them all in one place and they aren't necessarily your garments – Definitely helps you have a bit more of a a third-party view of, like, what would I call this whole vibe? Also, like, don't worry too much, right? Like, you know, your style sounds very eclectic, like your work. And, you know, maybe for different jobs, you have different sort of capsule wardrobes, which they'd go into detail in in the book. And uh, don't worry about the definition. Like, it it will come. Yeah. I mean, I actually do see a little bit of a theme in here, which yeah. is retro and vintage. I mean, mm-hmm. Lily Pulitzer, Steven Tyler pants, 70s necklines, flannel shirts. It sounds like everything from the late 60s to early 90s. And it's fine to say, I like this time period or something along those lines. You You're can basically organize just them. like a time traveling hipster. That's your style. There, I did it. <laughs> you did it. Done. You did We're it. Done, Caitlin. Don't reorganize your closet, question, Caitlin. Caitlin. Just listen to Jolenta. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. just listen. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to dive into some deeper issues tied to how we dress. 
Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we're back. And let's move on to some letters from listeners about some big, sometimes messy issues tied to personal style. Sal had some super interesting thoughts about gender identity. Yeah, Sal wrote, Listening to this episode has made me think a lot about the emotions surrounding clothing. I'm transgender and still have lots of clothes that don't match my gender presentation anymore. Hearing Kristen and Jolenta talk about the confidence that comes with wearing clothes that reflect your style has made me realize why, when I'm feeling less confident in who I am, I take the easier option of wearing something that matches society's expectations of my gender and avoid owning who I really am. Having realized this, I'm going to start getting rid of these items and updating my wardrobe with clothing that reflects who I am and doesn't let me hide. Ooh, Sal. Oh, I love that. And I just love the bravery of it because mm-hmm. this is, you know, a decision. Yeah. Our clothes say a lot about who we are. I mean, we can get dressed based on what people think we are, what mm-hmm. people expect us to be. Or we can dress based on who we are, whether like that's gender or anything inside. else. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I love that, Sal. Yeah. I love and it. I also like the owning it to the extent where you're like, you know what, I'm going to get rid of that like BS option. And like, I'm only going to leave myself the options that are True like, to empowering. Yeah. Women. Yeah. Oh, so great, so Sal. Thank you. Uh, Lisa wrote us an interesting letter about appropriating other cultures. Lisa says, my huge question. Cultural appropriation. I work on a college campus with a huge international population in a department with a largely international workforce. My coworkers and some students I am close to bring me items to wear when they go home. Tunics, saris, dashikis. I love, love the people and the items they bring me and do wear them on a regular basis. There is always a feeling, though, that others will judge me as appropriating a culture, and that is something I do not want. Oof, Lisa, that is an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, one rule that I was taught once was if you are in somebody's homeland and they say, dress like us, it will make you feel, it it will make us feel that you're more a part of our culture to do it. Mm -hmm. But unless they invite you to, that you shouldn't. So, for example, when I was studying abroad in Kerala in India, one of the social mores is, if you're going to be living here for months, dress like us, fit in, be a mm-hmm. part of the culture. And so on my first day there, one of my professors took us all shopping to get oh, clothes. Wow. So then I had a bunch of salwar kameez and some saris and so on. So that um, And that was the cultural norm right, there. Right, right. Um, I would not have just on my own gone out. Gone and, and picked those things up. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have done yeah. it. Um, but I also have to say that – you know, there is that question of sometimes when you see a white person walking around in a sari or a chipao, which is the Chinese dress with the, mm, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when I see that, I kind of wonder, are you wearing a costume? Right. I also think that 
when people give you a present, I mean, I'm just wondering if to go back to my study abroad experience, if let's say somebody does bring you a dashiki, mm-hmm. then the next time you go out to dinner together, you can wear the dashiki with them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the best that's way to do it way because do then it. you are a part of... You're saying, I appreciate this gift and yes. you're getting to use the thing you've been wanting to use and it's like with the person who got it for you. So yeah. you're not just randomly walking around. Yeah. And I love that you're asking this question, Lisa, because it is something I think about a lot, especially during the month of October every year when mm. I see, mm-hmm. for the most part, it's usually white people dressed up in Asian things as if my race is a costume. Yeah, that's not yeah. fun. Which, Lisa, you're clearly not doing. No, not I know. You're thinking yeah. about it. You're obviously aware of this. But yeah, I like Kristen's answer. All right. So maybe that's not the right answer. But, you know, I'd love to hear what other listeners say. Oh, I'm yeah, sure totally. that you would, too. Right? Oh, yes, definitely. All right. Let's get to a topic that might be easier for us to get our heads around. Mm-hmm. Privilege! Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Jacob wrote in... On our Facebook community, I just wanted to say that I am privileged in some ways, one of which is being enrolled in college right now, not that I'm not working my ass off to pay for it myself. However, I don't have the privilege of having money to curate my closet right now. Just saying, we're all more and less privileged in different ways. Totally. Right on, Jacob. Totally true. Mm -hmm. Also... I do have to say, in the book, Anushka Reese talks about, like, you do not need to do this all at once or quickly at all. She actually warns against curating your closet quickly and, like, throwing everything out and buying a whole new wardrobe. That's why she talks about, you know, put something, like, in hiding and see if you even miss it. But you're not getting rid of it and you still have it. And, um, like, she doesn't want you to go crazy. It's like, take your time. Save up for maybe one thing a year mm-hmm. that you've really, you know, if you've really been wanting that pair of jeans that, you know. Yeah, then you can ask for it maybe yeah. for your birthday or something. Um, just, but you don't have to throw out everything all at once. Yeah, and, and you don't, yeah, you don't have to buy a whole new wardrobe to have a better sense of your style. And yeah, like most of us cannot be like, you know what, fuck it. I threw out half my shit and then went bought and bought like way nicer, higher quality <laughs> shit. Because like I made a Pinterest board. Like I bought <laughs> I bought two things, I think, since we've done the curated closet. I bought the shirt I talked about on the show. And uh, I have a friend who hooked me up with some new shoes because she works at a shoe company and I got them at a discount. Ooh. All right. Let's get to this next letter here from Colleen. Colleen says, my main challenge is that I keep clothes that no longer fit because what if I lose weight and fit in that size again one day? Ugh, it's the worst, honestly, because I feel crappy that I can't accomplish such an unrealistic goal. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. All humans have been there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my size is the size now. What if it's not that size? But like I used to be that size and what if I do this or like even... You know, people also do it the other way, too. Oh, if I gain a few, then I'll keep that dress for wearing to weddings because it's super fancy and too big now, but I'm just going to hold on to it just in case. It's like, why? Yeah. I mean. I my, get it. I, I, I get it's it. It's a tough one. But my advice would be just don't have clothes that are more than one size up or one size down. Yeah. Try to keep it in the three size range. And um, I have to say, I feel like this is where Marie Kondo's advice does become good advice, where it's like. Pick up those skinny jeans you have that are like, I don't know, I've lost enough weight. And when I can finally fit back into these things I wore in high school, like, pick those up. Do they bring you joy? Or, like this letter says, make you go like, ugh, this is awful. Like, or do you feel horrible? Yeah. Don't keep clothes that make you feel bad about yourself. Don't do that. No. And as far as, you know, a size up or a size down, yeah, enough so you can eat a really big meal during the holidays or, 
you know, it fits okay right after your period or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, you yeah. know, if your clothes can fit during the standard range of activities and body changes that happen in a month, that's great. But those other ones, if they make you feel lousy, don't feel lousy. Yeah. Why well, have them? Why well, have to look at them every day? Don't keep something around that's a piece of fabric making you feel bad. Screw that piece of yeah. fabric. Get rid of Get that out. fabric. Get Donate out. it to somebody who will need and enjoy that fabric. Exactly. Give it to someone else. All right. I love this one. Nicole wrote about dressing your age. She says, I really enjoyed the new episode about the curated closet, especially Jolenta, when she put her nose stud back <laughs> in and was like, yes, I am 31 and just got my nose pierced and I work in an office. I can so relate to the feeling of people possibly judging you. Like, for example, she's not professional or she's too casual. I'm sure people think, why get your nose pierced over the age of 30? And I say, because I can. Everyone, you do you. Rock whatever you got and be proud of your style. I love that. Hi, Nicole. I love it. And That's so nice to hear. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what age you are. Rock what totally. you want to rock. Like, I remember years ago being told, oh, after the age of blank, you can't wear short skirts anymore. Fuck that. I'm going to wear mini skirts till I'm dead. Oh, That's just the way will. it is. That's just yeah. going to happen. And no one even noticed I freaking put my nose stud back in. I have, like, <laughs> no one has noticed anything. Like, I've gotten no comments. Even people that I've worked with in offices for years who, like, didn't even know I had it pierced. Like, no, don't bat an eye. Yeah. Like, no one noticed. No one cares. No one notices. I have a friend who just started working like a super fancy schmancy job at a company that I'm like not allowed to mention probably. She has a septum piercing and an eyebrow piercing and she wears that to her fancy midtown office job. No you one do cares. You. Yeah. There's no right or wrong age to do it. You just have to be yeah. who you are. Yeah. yeah. You can be over 30. You can be over 60. You can do whatever you want. All right. We need to take another quick break. But when we come back, We'll have some great concrete tips from listeners and announce next week's book. Woohoo! All right, we love this tip from Debbie. Debbie says, I've never been a clothes horse, but in the last couple of years since starting my own business, I've grown out of what could nicely be called blue-collar pride to successful merchant. I wanted to share a couple of tips that I use when shopping for clothes. Whenever I bring home a new item, I dispose of an old one. This keeps me thinking about what's in my closet and keeps it updated at a reasonable pace. Also, my husband is a great dresser and likes to shop. He pointed out that we tend to look at clothes on the rack that most resemble what we're wearing that day. So if you're going shopping, wear it makes you feel great or sexy or professional. Debbie, those are great tips. Love those tips, Debbie. And yeah, you and your husband should send in photos so we can see how snappy you guys look. Yeah. I never thought about the we tend to shop for things that resemble what we're wearing. That is so interesting. That's such a good idea. Yeah. And I love the get a thing, replace the thing. I try to do it in the same category. Like, oh, I'm going to get, I, I need these pants. They're going to change my life. And be like, okay, but I never touch those pants anymore. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, here's something I really liked from Andy. Andy says, I started curating my wardrobe last year bit by bit, and I feel so much more comfortable in my own skin by wearing nice jeans that fit me rather than five-pound jeans. Uh, we got someone in England. He's from England. Andy <laughs> from England. 
rather than five-pound jeans because I didn't care about fashion and donating all my old clothes that don't fit me to charity. I also came to terms with the fact that I am a heavy-set man, not fat, but broad shoulders and massive calves, so I've allowed my shape to influence how I dress rather than trying to dress the way that men look in catalogs, and it changed my life. I know that not everyone can afford to cycle their wardrobe in two weeks, but you can do it one t-shirt a month, and it feels so good. Smiley face. Oh, Andy, I love all of these tips. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that especially dressing for your body rather than dressing what's in the catalog that season. Yeah, that's a huge, just dress for you. Yeah, so many things that are in catalogs are just, they're not designed for everyone's body type. They really are just, this is what the stores want you to buy this season. Yeah, and it's not about body type or, or aesthetic. It's just about like trend, 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 where it's like, what if dressing for my shoulders makes me feel hot as hell? Like, I'm going to keep doing that no matter what Vogue says I should be getting right now. Yeah, and you know what? These meaty and delicious legs I have, which I already mentioned, mini skirts forever. They're not meaty. They're they just legs. You don't think they're meaty and delicious? I, I mean, no, they're delicious. I don't know. I would so not qualify meat. them as meaty, but I don't. They I don't fit into skinny jeans. I mostly jeans, would qualify though. like a steak as meaty. Like, I, I'm just going to tell an embarrassing story here for a second. I once tried on some knee high boots. For years, I thought I would love knee high boots. I'm a big legged gal. My legs don't fit in the boots. And there were three people on a staff of a store trying to get my leg out of a boot once. Ugh. And you know what? That's rough. I don't need to wear knee-high boots just because they're in season this year or they're popular. I'm just going to dress with what I want to wear, and I'm going to look great. Yeah. Screw the boots being in fashion. Yeah. I'm going to wear no. the shoes that I like just instead. wear what you like. And also, like Andy said, take your time. You don't need to spend a ton of money. You don't need to do it all at once. You just need to find quality things that make you feel good, that you love. Yeah. Here's a listener tip from Kat. Kat says, have you ever had a clothing exchange party? It is the best. I have one once a year. I invite all my women friends to come over. They bring bags of clothes they want to get rid of and walk away with bags of fabulous new-to-them items. It's great to see women supporting and helping each other. People can show up or leave empty-handed if they want. There's no pressure. The only rule is positive self-talk. If clothes don't fit, you must blame the clothes, not your body. Kat, that is so much fun. I love that also i know places like uh there's a comedy theater that does like a women's clothing swap once a year and it's the most fun thing ever and people go and are like i need it like help for this temp job and all the girls will be like oh my god wear this wear that like oh try this skirt i brought like it's super profesh you know it's so much fun i haven't done one in ages but um back when i was younger and my friends and i used to try to do them once in a while and they really were great Mm -hmm. love it here is a tip from alcina She says, I love the curated closet episode. Wardrobe planning and organization are one of my favorite things I've been doing for the last few years. I also wanted to drop in to advocate learning to sew. Sewing is really fun and creative, and there are loads of resources available online now for beginners. If you can sew, then you can basically go straight from your inspiration and make it a reality without being constricted by what is in the shops and what does or doesn't fit you. That is some sick advice. And just like you did, Jolenta, you sewed. I mean, I did not sew a new garment. I took <laughs> in a waistline of some pants. But yes, I love that advice. I if love If you that have too. the time and the resources, that is very, very cool. I would admire anyone who's like, yeah, 
I love this style and I learned how to sew it for myself. Bye. I used to do that back in college. I haven't done it in ages. One of my best friends I does that. that. She like makes a dress and then dip dyes it. And it's like the trendiest, coolest thing you've ever seen. And she's like, oh, I just like threw it together with some leftover linen. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah. If you can make clothes for your own body, like nothing looks better. It's fantastic. Um, Here is a tip from Elena. And Elena comes from a place of expertise. She says, I used to work in the fashion industry and I totally understand the frustration with women's sizing. It's most likely not going to change. So I advise developing some strategies to get by. Jolenta provided a great example by trying on different sizes during her shopping trip. Brands base their sizing on their, quote, ideal customer, which is different for each brand. So a big national chain like The Gap is generous with their sizing because they are trying to fit the most women across the country, whereas smaller, more boutique brands have a narrow customer range. So don't get frustrated if a shirt you love doesn't fit right in your, quote, size. Try on a size up or down. It just may work. There's no reason to hold yourself to buying one size only when the sizing system makes no sense. I currently have size from extra small to large, four to ten. I like how all of them fit. The number and letter mean nothing. Uh, yeah. That, I say, is that is great advice. Great. Also disappointing advice where it's like, it's not going to change soon. Yeah. And, you know, it's changed a lot over the years, too. Totally. Vintage sizing. Vintage so- sizing. Like, I cannot shop vintage clothes. None of them are big enough for me. And I, like, look pretty generic, I would think. But I'm tall and just, you know, in the 60s, no woman or no ideal customer was as tall as me. Well, they also had different paddings and so mm-hmm. on. So back then, almost every woman um, wore a girdle and a oh, stuffed I bullet not, bra. I do not wear those. Yeah. And so if you have a teeny tiny waist from back then and you have a padded bra, you know, you're going to have a different body shape than most of us have with today's foundation garments. And also the sizing standards were different. So back then, um, in vintage clothes, I almost always wear a size 12. Yeah, that's why everyone's like, Marilyn Monroe is a size 12. And I'm like, yeah, but, but she back was then, uh, probably a size 4 today. Yeah. So, I mean, I always wear a size 12 in vintage that's clothes. insane. But, but it makes me feel less horrible about myself. No. Like, and, like, one of my favorite sundresses is plus size. Because I know when I buy, like, short dresses, I tend to have to size up one or two sizes because I am so tall, it looks like a shirt. So I love my, like, 2X dress, and it looks sick on me, and it doesn't matter what size it is. Yeah. Don't pay attention to size. Elena is totally, totally right there. All right. Let's get to our final letter, which we just love, from Andrew, who has a really cool stance on personal style and uniforms. Andrew writes, I'm a man in my mid-30s. I've either been in university or worked in professional offices my entire adult life. In spite of this, every single morning when I've dressed myself, I've asked my husband, does this look okay? Do I look like a grown-up? But about a year ago, I was ordained in the Anglican Church of Canada. And I have discovered that one of the best fringe benefits of being ordained is that when I'm going anywhere formal or professional, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear. Black shoes, black trousers, black shirt, black jacket, little white collar. To many people, this sounds like an awful sentence. The same outfit so much of the time for the rest of your life. But for someone who frets about what to wear, this is exactly what freedom and calm look like. To my surprise, many of my female colleagues are also enthusiastic about the uniform. To know what you're going to wear and to know that if someone is going to judge you, it's because of the role that uniform represents rather than the clothes themselves, that's something much more comfortable. 
I realize that a uniform isn't going to be comfortable for everyone and that my experience is definitely not universal and being ordained is definitely about more than putting on a particular shirt and collar in the morning. But for someone who never looks forward to choosing what to wear, it has been such a blessing. Oh, love Andrew, that. love that. Oh, there's something so satisfying about a uniform, I find. I love this. I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just a capsule know. wardrobe. Yeah, it's interesting how many people we heard from who love that they wear a uniform or don't love that they wear a uniform, but all of them did echo one thing Andrew said, which is they never have to think when they get dressed in the yeah, morning. they don't have that problem Anushka Reese had, which is like, it would take hours to figure out what to wear. It's like, well, this is what I wear to show what I do. Yeah. Love it. So, Andrew, thank you for your letter. Thank you, everybody who wrote in this week. And we just loved seeing all the photos people sent us on Instagram. We loved all the ways people were identifying their own wardrobes on Facebook. So many good definitions. Yeah. So great. Just loved it. So thank you so much. And reminder, you can always share your questions with us. You can always share your stories with us at buythebook at panoply.fm. If you don't want to email us but be part of a bigger conversation on our Facebook community, definitely do that as well. There's always a link in the show description. And of course, you know, do that Insta thing, do that Twitter thing, do all the things. All the social needs. Yes. But now on to the important news. Yes. Of the episode, which is our next book. Woohoo! Time to announce our next book. And our next book is The Four Hour Work Week Escape Nine to Five, Live Anywhere. And Joined the New Rich by Tim Ferriss. Can we really only work four hours a week? What even is the New Rich? And do we want to join them? Listen next week to find out. And reminder, if you want to get in touch with us, our Twitter handles are at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, and at ByTheBookPod. And for Instagram, at ByTheBookPod, at Jolenta underscore G, and at K10 Meinzer. Thank you, as always, to our producer, Cameron Drews. We would be so much less curated without you, Cameron. We love you, Cam. Thanks for everything you do. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Bye-bye. Sometimes things are wrong with clothes, but nothing's wrong with your body. There are lots of things wrong with lots of clothes. So here's that, a, like I, that sentence made no sense. Also, <laughs> Cameron, cut that out. <laughs> cut it out. I was listening to a podcast today, and one of the hosts was like, "Cut it out," and the other one was like, "Make it louder and keep it in." I that was very funny. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.